It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Table 2.0. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I'm uh, here with my lovely co-host, uh, Megan. Uh, how are you doing, Megan? Hello. Great. Happy New Year, Jonathan. Happy New Year, all our listeners. Um, I am so excited to start off the show. 2019, we're doing it. This is going to be a great one. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we're also joining us with uh, Chris Notarelli, uh our guest. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, John. Hey, Megan. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess you could, yeah, you can still say that. Well, especially since this is our first show back since uh, since 2018, uh, so long ago, right? Like, you know, that's what it feels like. Um, it was still last anyway. year. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a year, whole year ago. Um, but anyway, we, we got... We got uh, Chris uh, on our show, and Chris um, has done work for many years. He's been on um, what's the Friends of Roundtable before. When I first had him on, I think in 2000, I want to say it was 2007 when I first had you on the Independent Corner. That's that about right, right, Chris. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I had discovered Chris. Uh, there was a uh, he had done a movie called Methodic. And it was in one of those um, online uh, film festivals or something. And um, you got to, uh, I got to like view films or, you know, you, you spend like 20 bucks and you get to watch all these like movies or something, you know, and, and ju- you know, kind of judge which ones you like and stuff. And uh, Methodic, I think, is the only one I watched um, because I just, there was a lot of, there was a lot of bad movies on there. Um, but that was the one that like intrigued me the most. So I discovered Chris and, and Brandon Slagle and a bunch of other people that worked with, um, you know, uh, Chris on that movie and everything. And uh, uh, after then, we've I've had him on my show a bunch of times because he's got a lot, of, lot to promote all the time. You're always constantly working, Chris. So I'm yeah. very impressed, you know, <laughs> by that. I, I think I'll stop <laughs> making movies when I die. Oh. That's... <laughs> Probably a good plan. Um, yeah. And yeah. Your your newest film. Um, I actually just uh, you know, I told you earlier, but I donated twenty five dollars to um, the uh, uh, GoFundMe for it because uh, well, your newest one, you have two uh, like a double feature that you're doing with uh, uh, two um, fan films. Do you want to talk about those? 
Yeah, um, basically, everybody always does the whole GoFundMe thing where they're like, hey, give me money to do something. I figured, you know, I'll do a two-for-one because uh, I make movies for pennies on the dollar, and uh, I can basically, you know, do two movies for, you know, the price of none. So uh, I'm doing now, if you donate to the GoFundMe, you'll get credited as a associate producer, producer, or executive producer on two short films. Um and there's two of those going up right now. So it's technically I have four short films I'm making in total, uh, and you can be a producer on two or four. That's your choice in, in terms of how much you donate. But we're doing um, – the first grouping is I'm doing a Blade Runner fan film and an X-Men fan film, uh, one called Blade Runners, it's plural, and then Rogue Redemption. And then the other one I'm doing is a Once Upon a Time short and a Knight Rider short. Nice. Do you have plans um, Megan? Like combining any of the shorts? Into, like, so Jonathan has done, um, what is it? It's like Slumber Scary Stories. What's, what's it called, Jonathan? Scary Stories Slumber Party. Scary uh, Stories Slumber Party. Or, or like, Thank you. Into like an anthology or something. Oh. Um, right. If I have, you know, I have, uh, uh, I guess you can call them anthology DVDs that I, I put out every now and then. And, like, I have my 2017 batch. That was the latest um, one I did, and it was just called A Whole Lot of Fan Films because I only made fan films in 2017. I just said I'm going to take a break from original stuff and just try and get some more, you know, traffic coming in, and the fan films seem to do that. So my last DVD came out in 2017, which had everything I did that year. Um, I didn't put together a 2018 one yet because, I, you know, I don't go to a whole lot of conventions but uh you know if there's a demand for it they'll there'll be one and it'll have you know all these on it that's awesome yeah it's cool because sometimes you know people 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 prefer features to short films i mean some people prefer short films whatever but um in general like i think we're just more used to watching features so any way that you can combine well, I'm not going to edit them in any way into a feature. They're they're each individual short film. It's just that there's a lot of them on, like, a DVD. So basically, you know, you could just watch them one after another, and that's kind yeah, of yeah, it, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah. it's just, just putting them all in, in one big thing. Because I don't really yeah. see how I can I can cut together X-Men and Blade Runner oh, and, Blade and Knight Rider and Once Upon a Time and make that into a coherent story. <laughs> I mean, you may have something on your hands there, Chris. <laughs> I think it's going to be your reach. I, I, I know my limits, and I'm pretty sure that one right there would just come out really dumb. Ah, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> it would be kind of, well. It would be kind of interesting to see how you could do that. <laughs> you know, like I'm uh, sure there's yeah. a way to do it. But I doubt that it's going to be anything that that's sort of laughable. Yeah. Maybe even right? Like tornado. <laughs> the uh the biggest problem with doing that anyway, that is technically um I guess a lot of these things are, are supposed to be not for profit, right, Chris? Like, you know, fan Yeah, the fan films are all non for profit basically and the only money that I, I get it goes straight into costumes and props that I just can't afford on my own. So like Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, renting renting kit for Night Rider, that's a task. Yeah, um, I'm I can't sure. exactly um, you know 
make a make a, a, a Trans Am out of paper mache and, and make it work. You know, you kind of have to get the real deal. Yeah. Um, how you know, if you don't mind me asking, how did you get Kit from Night Rider in your Night Rider short? There's actually a guy in California who has a, a Kit replica and he rents it. You know, you can literally rent the car for a certain amount of money, and you could drive it, oh and you can do whatever the hell you want for a whole day, or as many days as you want, really. You just have to pay. It's like, uh, it's, uh, he has it on Turo. It's a website for car rentals. But yeah, who knew? Yeah. That's so dope. Awesome. Only in California, right? <laughs> well, he's in California. I mean, I'm sure that there are other people around but this is the only one that I know where you can actually just rent the car. You pick it up from him, drive it around the, for the whole day. You get a tank of gas, and then you got to return it. It's just like getting a rental, except it's kit. Yeah, I mean, nice. like, in L.A., though, specifically, like, people, like, there are people who would, t- like, I can see everybody having all these replicas of everything. Like, in L.A. and California, you can find anything, which is awesome as a filmmaker, but then on the flip side, you also have to pay for permits for everything, whereas if I'm, like, filming in Iowa. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never paid for a permit out here. <laughs> really? I gorilla stuff or I shoot on private property and ask for permission, but um, I, a lot of filmmakers, they, they here's, the, here's the problem though, and I've talked about this before on this show and others. The problem with a lot of filmmakers is that they want to be filmmakers and they want to be perceived as filmmakers and that involves a lot of fluff having equipment and sandbags and seat clamps and uh, uh, having a, a, a clapboard, a, a, a gaffer, a, um, a sound guy, a, a prop manager, all these extra people that crowd up things. It's a nightmare. And, yeah, you're going to need a permit for that because you're now just obstructing traffic. But if you just – can gun it and run it and do it by yourself and under the cover of night or in the day, it's not going to cause anyone, uh, uh, any, any mind. I mean, I've shot in downtown LA and no one's bothered me. I've had, uh, uh, um, they have like patrolmen on bicycles, like these neighborhood watch people. They just ride on by. They want to hang out and see what I'm doing. No one thinks, no one cares because what I'm doing is not um, bothering anybody. It's so small scale. So if, a, if you're a filmmaker and you can put aside the ego and the, the desire to sit in a director's chair and actually do grunt work and leg work and do it all yourself, you don't need to pay for permits because you're not going to be bothering anyone. Yeah, I mean, I've been involved in, like, several indie films out here where we've definitely, like, gotten yelled at. And, like, there was a time where we had, you know, prop guns, which obviously that's, like, a totally different story too. If someone's seeing like prop guns or guns, they're like, what's happening? Why are you on my property? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but that's amazing that you have had such luck. That's like incredible. Well, it's a matter. It's not just luck. It's about precision and calculation. Like I've shot, um, whew, I've been shooting in California now for, um, uh, officially, I want to say, uh, two years. And the, in that time, you know, I, I've learned, okay, and I've just learned this in, in the past in general, don't wave around prop weapons in public. And if you do, do it in a quiet alley where no one can see you. You know, don't be around people. Do it, it just, just be a ninja. Also, make friends with at least one policeman 
and have them on set with you, uh, if they, especially if they want to act. If a cop wants to act, be friends with them and put them in as many <laughs> projects as possible and always say, hey, you got your badge with you tonight? Yeah, why? Just, just check it. Don't, don't worry about it. But <laughs> I, I, having, having these little things will, will help you get out of a lot of problems that you could potentially run into just by making a mistake. And if you can avoid doing something in public, avoid doing it. You know, don't, don't whip out a gun uh, on, on a main avenue in front of people. Do it in a, in a, in a well-lit alley where there's no one around you at an hour when everybody's gone and you should be fine. And if you're going to shoot on private property, obviously ask for permission and you're good to go. Yeah, I, you know, I like that idea of the cop because I remember, like, I, I was talking to a, a cop once that was from Richmond, Virginia, um, about, like, getting my hard drive back from uh, somebody who had uh, stolen it and everything. And, you know, we were chatting about everything. And he was, like, really interested in my, you know, my film stuff. Like, uh, I guess, you know, sometimes they're just, like, fascinated by this. And I'm sure in L.A. it's yeah. even crazier because... You know, they're wanting, you know, they want to be actors too sometimes, you know, or whatever. More or less. I'll tell you you two funny stories. The first one occurred in, uh, I want to say, 2008. I was working on a short film about Elektra from the Marvel comics, and she was having a full-on fight scene with Daredevil in New York City um, right off of Canal Street in uh, an alleyway, which ironically they ended up filming the Daredevil TV series in a lot um, but that was my alley first. But anyway, so we're doing this fight. It's the middle of November. It's freezing cold. starts raining, and an ambulance just pulls up. And, you know, they kind of are in the shot, so we have to go around them. But they see a guy in red spandex, and they see a girl in, you know, red spandex, and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, we're doing a daredevil movie. What's up with you? And they're like, oh, uh, well, we just hang out here. Are we in your shot? I'm like, no. And I'm like, oh, you're fine. So we're shooting, and then it's getting a little cold. My actors and tights are freezing. I come up, I knock on the window, go, hey, do you mind if they warm up in the back? They're cold. Like, no, no, sure. Can we get a shot? And they wanted to take a picture with Daredevil and Electra in the back of the ambulance, and they didn't care. They were all cool with it, you know? <laughs> People just are, are curious and want to hang out. Second story, uh, last year, or sorry, uh, uh, 2017, I was doing a, a Flash fan film in Long Beach, where I, I currently live, and we were doing a, a scene that more or less, uh, I don't want to say parodied, but recreated the Trayvon Martin shooting, you know? So you have this, this douchebag who's going to, you know, shoot a kid, and, of course, the Flash stops it and everything. It's a silent film. Everything is done through narration. However, um, the actors didn't get that memo, and so I have the guy who was playing the Flash screaming and yelling at the shooter saying, you're going to shoot a kid? You're going to shoot a kid? How dare you? And I kept telling him, like, dude, there's no sound in this. It's all narration, so can you not, you know, scream at the top of your lungs? But of course, he didn't listen, and the cops got called. So here I am in a dark alley with a black kid in a hoodie, and all of a sudden cops roll up, and they say, we heard guns. And then I run out and I go, it's totally cool. We're doing a short film about The Flash. And they go, The Flash is here? I go, yeah, no, no, seriously, he's here. And I call out the guy. He comes jogging over in full costume. The cops take one look at him, just turn around and walk away. They're like, as you are. <laughs> Sometimes that, having a guy in red spandex helps. 
<laughs> Definitely. That you know, especially when it's like such a um, iconic character as like you know uh, the Flash. Yeah. Like I know you did your Deadpool series. Uh, you did it before the Deadpool movie came out, and so it wasn't like I mean people might have known who Deadpool was from the comics, but it, it's not the it wasn't the pop culture you know, phenomenon that it is, like, pretty much now, right, would you say? Yeah, I, I definitely want to say that I may have added to some of that, uh, but that would just be, you know, bragging at this point, <laughs> which I'll do. <laughs> I added to that. <laughs> You're a part of it, yes. <laughs> well, I'm right. not going to uh, deny that they, they didn't steal a couple of things from me, but, you know, it is what it is. I approve of the Deadpool movie even if they may have ripped me off in some shots. Do you, you really think that? Uh, actually, uh, I have proof. Um, when we were promoting uh, the Deadpool web series in 2013, uh, I had designed these posters where I had all my characters on white backgrounds with blood spatter behind them and then you know the title. So I have a shot of Deadpool standing there with two swords in his hand with blood spattered on the, on the back. Then, uh, flash forward three years later, Entertainment Weekly releases the cover of their magazine with Deadpool on a white background with blood spattered behind him holding two swords. Now, the position is totally different. However, there's a lot of of similarities just from that one visual alone. Yeah. Hmm. But you know, it is what it is. Also, I had Deadpool in a bathrobe as well with bunny slippers. Even though they were parroting Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I still just thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to talk about, so what is what is your, ne- like, what are you currently wanting to promote? What are you planning on working on next? Like, what's, what's your present and future look like right now? Well, um, my slate for the next couple of months is definitely, you know, packed. I'm currently shooting my Blade Runner short film, um, on the 19th, I'm going to shoot my Night Raider short film. Then uh, three days later, I'm going to do – actually, no, sorry. One week after that, I'm going to do my X-Men short film. Uh, then I'm going to wrap my Blade Runner short film in February because uh, production schedule is getting in the way. So basically, um, I will be releasing one short film this month and then two short films in February, possibly three. Uh um, the third one would be I might do a Casey Jones sequel. And then March, I'm going to do a new graphic novel. And then uh, in April, um, Roberto Lombardi and I will be reuniting, and we're going to do our final installment to the Kruger Web Series, followed by Once Upon a Time. Oh, nice. Neat. So, yeah, yeah, you're, you got, yeah, you yeah yeah when you said your slate was full, I mean a lot of people generally think oh there's some downtime for whatever. It, it sounds like there's no downtime. It's just work work work. Ironically, there's a lot more downtime than I care for. I, I really wish I had less downtime. Um, I, I right now I, I literally am not filming anything for like two weeks, so that's kind of driving me insane. Now my weekends once I'm start filming, they get packed pretty quickly and. You know, I'm shooting them, but once it's over, uh, then I have to just kind of wait for the next one. And I haven't shot anything since November, so I've kind of been in withdrawal. But I got to film 
two days ago, so I feel pretty good right now. Now I'm just tweaking my scenes, uh, you know, to, in infamy. But yeah, I'm kind of addicted to this. Hmm. Well, we don't blame you. As as film filmmakers and uh, film lovers ourselves, we we know we know how that is. So um, you know. Uh, so anyway, uh, how, like, how can people like find your stuff? Like, what what is the thing that kind of like easiest is way to just find me? If, if you don't know how to spell my name, just type in Blinky Five Hundred on any social media because uh, I'm that's what I am. I'm Blinky Five Hundred on all social media: Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Patreon, all of it. Blinky Five Hundred. Well, so yeah, where okay. can they, so on the social media that you have, though, is that, like, where can people access your content? Like, if someone wants to watch some of your oh, stuff, YouTube. where should they go? You go, to, you go to YouTube, and you type in Blinky500, and you go straight to my channel, and you can watch literally everything I've done. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's put out, like, I think, like, uh, yeah, pretty much everything, except maybe the, the few features that you, you've done. Um, yeah, the features like, aren't I'm still on trying- YouTube, it's- Every short film I've ever made is up there, except for my features. Yeah. Um, well, also, I think some of your Marvel stuff got, you know, sent over to Vimeo. Oh, right. right. Uh, the, I forgot. The Mar- All my Marvel short films are on Vimeo. So you go to Vimeo and you type in Blinky 500 and you can see uh, everything that was too hot for YouTube, which includes my <laughs> Deadpool web series, my Punisher web series. Um, what else? My Colson short films, my Daredevil short film, uh, all that stuff is, is on there. And my X-Men short films with the ends of Neo. I don't want to deal with Fox right now or Disney. So the only Marvel fan film I have on YouTube is my Spider-Man short. What do you oh, yeah. find that you love more? Do you love the comic book universe or do you love like the horror universe? Do you like when they you know, collide? Like, what's your favorite? I do a lot of collision, actually. I'm a really big fan of fusion. So um, I I like doing both. Every time I do a superhero movie, I like to bring in horror elements. And every time I do a horror movie, I like to bring in superhero elements and, you know, just mess around with it and see what I can get away with. Um, Let's see. When When I do, like, a lot of my villains, you know, in my superhero shorts, I, I go the distance. For example, in my Spider-Man short film, we had uh, Cletus Cassidy as the bad guy, and if you know your comic books, he's Carnage. But the guy is a serial killer, and we didn't have him as Carnage. We just had him, you know, as a serial killer. So I went the distance in making him a real serial killer. He's not just a bad guy. He's a serial killer, and his scenes are creepy. They're straight out of a horror movie, except Spider-Man shows up. That's awesome. Um, I I I honestly I loved your uh, Ghostbuster short. Like that's one of my favorite things. You know, like because it was it was funny. You know, like it it was cute and funny, and it wasn't. You know, it it didn't try to be funny. You know, it didn't feel like it was. You know, it just felt like. Well, I didn't want to go funny. for the 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 ha ha in your face slapstick jokes. I think the scenario of being a Ghostbuster in reality is funny enough because it's all it is is crippling debt. Having having the friend, if you're not the creator of the Ghostbusting license and you're a franchisee, 
you are fucked. It's so goddamn expensive when you think about it. You're getting a fucking nuclear accelerator. You have to buy at least multiples. You got to have storage units and everything. And I just figured if you had to deal with the bureaucracy of dealing with Ghostbusters corporate, it's got to be hilarious. <laughs> I, uh, I like, and I love that that you got like a car for the you know for the Ghostbusters. Just thought that was really well. That cool. was actually um, just my car that I I, I did up. <laughs> okay. Do you still have I that, to uh, up the Ghostbusters how, sign? How low tech what was that? Do you still have it on the sign on your car? I had it on for about a month, um, and I really loved the attention that the car got. But I was kind of worried <laughs> because most of the stickers on there were, you know, tape, and I didn't want to ruin the paint. So after a certain point, I kind of just peeled them off, and I, I was regretful for doing it. I, I wish I left it on there. But, yeah, I wanted it to look as – low tech as possible because A, I don't have any money and B, my characters don't have any money. So I figured, you know what, it's a win win. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I guess well, thank you so much, Chris, uh, for coming. Um, uh, Megan, do you have any uh, final questions? I don't know. I mean, you have just so many, I like honestly do have questions about like all your different projects individually because it feels like you do so many I mean, different ends of the spectrum, but like we talked about with the collision. Um, could you talk, though, as far as, like, what would you call yourself? Do you call yourself a filmmaker more so or yes. a director? Like, what is your favorite role when you're on set? I call like, myself you, a filmmaker because I don't do one thing. And mm-hmm. I feel that the title of filmmaker is more important than being a director. A director only directs. An editor only edits. A cinematographer only shoots. I'm a filmmaker. I make the film. Mm-hmm. And that do, involves do you, everything. Do you like directing or editing more? Like, do you enjoy being on set? Do you like post better? What's your favorite aspect? Um, definitely, I really like, um, I think my, my, my favorite part is probably when it's, in, especially involving, you know, superheroes and stuff, is that first day they, they come in full costume and you can see them walk around and move and you see them come to life. That's definitely uh, the best part for me. I have a very vivid memory from uh, 2011. I did a, uh, a promo trailer uh, per request of this company about one of my characters. And I made the costume, I put it on an actor, and I got to see him move around in it. And it was just really, it was cool. Actually, even better memory. In 2016, I did a Batman short film, and I got to get a Michael Keaton Batman suit. So I had the actor um, put it on, and I, and I got to see my Batman as a child standing in front of me, moving around, doing what I'm saying, and that was cool. And that, by the way, has yeah. a horror element to it. I got to see Michael Keaton's Batman be scary. The one thing I wanted that I never got from Tim Burton was a scary Batman. Yeah, definitely. Was that so expensive to rent the suit? I got it for free. (laughs) You you keep saying it's not about luck, but this sounds lucky to me. But how'd you get it for free? That was that was that was again. There's a lot of luck in there. However, patience because the script itself was eight years old, so I had to wait eight years before I actually got somebody who had the suit that was willing to use it in my movie. 
But sure enough, as soon as that opportunity presented itself, I jumped on it like uh, a a, a 1980s frat boy committing a violent act of rape. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's a terrible metaphor. I basically me too myself just now. You just got yourself in a little bit of trouble there, but it's okay. Probably not. Um, we won't, no, we'll, I'm just we won't saying, I, I jumped at the opportunity, just the opportunity to have Batman in my movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and, and and that's amazing. Like, um, And as you say, I guess technically then one of your favorite things to do is be a producer, right? Like, I mean, you know, I being a producer, it, you get to it, see... I don't I don't really view myself as a producer, even though I'm physically producing the movie. I've just always viewed myself as a filmmaker who just I, I make stuff. My goal is to just pretty much just make my childhood come true, you know, being able to, you know, you see stuff as a kid. It inspires you. It excites you. And you're like, oh, my God, I would love to be able to do something like that. And that's pretty much my goal. It's like I have a giant bucket list and I'm just marking them off. I had Superman, I had Batman, I had The Flash, I had Wonder Woman. Um, I'm making my original superheroes come to life. That's pretty much it. Now that's really cool because you have you have uh, your own universe that you created. Can you tell people about that? Yes, I do. It's actually kind of a, a female-driven universe. Actually, I have a lot of female superheroes, and I, I, the goal behind that was for every male superhero in my universe, I have at least like five three to five female superheroes. And the goal was that none of them are like objectified. They're all competent. They're the leaders. Like my, my Trinity, you know, you have like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. My Trinity consists of three went through women. And then I have male heroes as well, but it's the women who are more or less the ones that have uh, the better bigs. I, I guess is the right word in terms like you have a, a Superman <clears throat> character, you have a Batman character, and then you have kind of like that miscellaneous supernatural character, and they're all women. That's great. Like, oh, uh, and, and was there for- no, no one has like cleavage hanging out or or thigh high boots. Yeah, it's so funny because as a woman to like, you know, I can appreciate people being sexy and competent, whether they're male or female. So like, I am all about Gal Gadot's outfit in Wonder Woman and like the skirt because she's beautiful and that's like part of it. Um, But I do, it's just tough because I would also like to see men like that too. And there's always all these (laughs) double fans. Well, I think it's movie, so I think, Everyone's happy in that department right now. Exactly. For for me, I'm looking at my characters from a very practical standpoint. Um, Like from my Superman character, her name is the Centurion. This woman is a a militant soldier who has superpowers. She flies, she fights. And and, and there's a golden rule in my universe. No hero wears heels. You cannot fight crime and wear heels. It just doesn't work. Yeah, definitely. That, that I'm okay be, with wet funny, though. And, 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 and anything like that, but no stilettos. You just you can't rooftop hop and wear stilettos. And if you don't yeah, believe I me, can... I suggest you put on a pair and run around the block and tell me what happens. 
I was going to say, I can barely walk from my car to the event when I'm wearing stilettos, let alone do, like, kung fu or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. But uh, I, I view my characters in a very practical sense. They're wearing outfits of armor. They're, not everybody is bulletproof, so there's no need for them to, you know, have bikini outfits. Right, right. And my goal behind that is basically, you know, I, I want to have kids, and if I happen to have a daughter, I want her to be able to see these characters and say, cool, I have my own types of heroes. Because all the female superheroes in, in that are currently existing, apart from Wonder Woman, are more or less, I want to say, female counterparts to male characters. Think about it. Apart from Black Widow and Wonder Woman, name a female superhero that isn't a counterpart and and and, no, and I, by the way, if if you're not a geek, that's the other thing too. You have to not be a geek because anybody who's not a geek is like, oh, Harley Quinn. She's a villain, yeah. an anti-hero, and she's the counterpart to Joker. Mhm. Right. And like you yeah. know, a lot of people, well, you know, obviously, the, the number one person that's just like that is like Supergirl, who's obviously the cousin Female of uh, Super, Superman. Superman. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. she's and like was Batgirl is Batman, you know. You know, like that's yeah. that's funny that it's like that. Um, I guess that's what DC did, you know, to be. I mean, there's no there's no uh, problems to it. I don't have a problem to it. However, I do know that a lot of people want to have their own identities, and I'm cool. With, Batgirl was a legacy character. Supergirl was more or less a. I don't know actually, if she was a legacy character or not, but you know, times are changing, and it's time to start making new characters up. So that's my direction. That's my goal. Cool. Well, what, a, what, a, what about the ones that worked with Green Arrow? Like, um, uh, what is it? Black um, Canary. Yeah, it? but again, you're getting it's like deep tracks right now. If you if you can name anybody who worked with Green Arrow, and not after watching Arrow itself, because Speedy, by the way, was a male character, and they repurposed Speedy as a female character. Um, Black Canary was the only one. But again, if you're not a comic geek, and I say Black Canary, you're going to go, is that a bird? Is that a Looney Tune? I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Like, not many people. Yeah, because if your shirt, if you don't have, like, a t-shirt and Target, then you're you're a deep track, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Your side B. Right. (laughs) Definitely. Um, is there any uh, last things that you wanted to like to promote out there? Because I know we we got the GoFundMe that you um, that you got. Um, can you tell us where people can check that out? Yeah, if you um, go to uh, my Twitter or my Facebook or even just a GoFundMe and you type in Blinky2019 or uh, Kit2019, you could see. Um, those two campaigns, and if you feel like you know contributing, go ahead because I guarantee you I'm going to make something and it's going to look awesome. Um, but any every penny counts, every dollar counts because there are still stuff that I need to acquire to make these even better than I currently can make them. Um, and then if you are feeling frisky and you want to read some of uh, my original content, you can go to Amazon. Uh, and you can uh, type in my name, and my comic books should come up. They're the PCU comics, 
I have uh, a horror comic book called Firstborn. I have a superhero horror comic book called United They Stand. Um, a superhero comic book called Blast. A superhero comic book called Danger Man, The Protector, and The Centurion. So you can read all of those. Awesome. And if you want to get a gag gift, a gift I wrote a uh, another book called Donald Trump is a Piece of Shit. It's called Filth. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, 99 cents. Well, nice. Um, well, thank you so much, Chris, for calling in and everything. We really, really, and I, I enjoyed this show, so thank you. And um, you're always, I mean, you're always welcome, and you're always doing stuff, you know, so you're definitely welcome again to, to promote more of your stuff that's coming out, because uh, I guarantee you by the end of, like, this year, you'll have, way more, you know, like already out and available for people Most likely. to see. I'm trying to average about 13 or 14 projects a year. Good Lord. Wow, that's insane. Uh, yeah, I think by April, uh, it'll probably be about uh, one-third of the way there. That's awesome. That's more I than, mean, it like helps you actors. A lot of them are shorts, though, right? What was that? It helps that a lot of them are shorts. It's not like necessarily 13 features, but still. Yeah, it takes about like a day or two days to do a short film. So it's super easy, and I, I enjoy uh, being able to just, you know, bang those out. I, I, if I didn't have to deal with a scheduling conflict, I could have shot my, I want to say it was like 15 pages, my 15-page Blade Runner movie in a day. But scheduling conflicts get in the way, so you got to, you know, work around that. Yeah. It's tough when there's more people you have to depend on than just yourself, right? You said that you like to have all the, you wear all these different hats, right? Like producer and editor. If I could myself, I would actually be that guy who wrote, shot, edited, directed, and starred in his own project. (laughs) You'd be the actually good version of Tommy Wiseau? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) If I could clone myself, first off, I would love to see how I could act opposite myself and how I could film that interaction. It'd get really weird, though, if there was a love scene. I'll tell you right now. It'd be really weird. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much for coming on the show. Great. Um, good luck. Going with, out. I love it. I love it. It's a perfect ending. Um, good luck with all your projects, too. The 2019, and I'm sure we'll continue to hear more. And I'm glad that Jonathan kind of introduced me to your work as well. It was nice meeting you. <laughs> thank you. You too, Megan. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Good night, Chris. And everybody here, uh, if anyone wants to reach us, I guess, Megan, you tell them how they can uh, find you. Sure. So I can't remember if last year, if you will, I mentioned that my handles changed. But so recently, um, all my Instagram, Twitter, everything is Meg Deanna Smith. Um, so you should find me on Instagram. And then I have a hilarious YouTube channel called We Find Us Funny if you want to watch some sketch comedy. Um, and then every Friday night, I'm a co-host of this really cool horror podcast, Jonathan. I don't know if you knew about that. Oh, this, oh, oh well, yeah, every Friday night. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, so if you want to uh, reach me on Twitter, you can reach me on uh, Jonathan Moody. I've been tweeting a lot more than I normally do, and um, I don't, I don't even like, I don't understand it still. Like, I'm still trying to, I, I, I figure it's, you know, just filled with politics and porn, 
So, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, you know, all this other stuff that's going on in China, you know, get LinkedIn and all that, but whatever. Anyway, um, so, was it Jonathan Moody for Twitter, Jonathan A. Moody Film for Instagram, and filmmaker, actor Jonathan A. Moody on um, Facebook. And you can add me on Jonathan A. Moody on Facebook, but uh, I'm almost at freaking 5,000 again, and I'm, I'm getting annoyed. I have to keep deleting people and, and everything like that. And, um, and so it just gets, you know, frustrating. But, um, you know, but all right. And then we also, yes. What was that? It's tough being so popular, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. Um, I, I, you know, I just started adding people younger whenever I started, and then it yeah, just got yeah. way too out of hand. So, um, but uh, so we also have yes, we have this podcast, Frankfurt Roundtable. I also have um, the uh, was it Indie Film Cafe podcast, all that acting podcast. All those things, um, you can look them up on Google and find all the different stuff for those. Um, I think just look up all those podcasts. And um, I think I'm also next week uh, or the week after starting back up on the Writer's Process podcast. So that's going to be fun. Oh, um, nice. and yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I haven't, you know, only did like three or four episodes last year on that. But um We'll, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, that's pretty much it. So we, you know, find us Frights and Roundtable on uh, Twitter. It's Frights R and D Table, um, and then on uh, Instagram, Frights and Roundtable, and, and Facebook, Frights and Roundtable. I need to, I need to start doing more social media for that stuff. It's just got too much going on right now. And uh, and you can find a lot of this stuff also on SixFlickProductions.com, which is my my website, which is what I should have probably just promoted anyway, because it's got everything on there. So, <laughs> Well, and also, if any of our listeners are wanting to see Jonathan or I in any horror content on Amazon Prime, we both have stuff that's available for streaming, so you guys can just search us on there, and you can watch our goodies. Well, not our goodies. That sounded inappropriate. <laughs> that did sound very inappropriate. That's okay. Um <laughs> Um, well, thank you guys so much for uh, listening tonight. And once again, thank you so much, Chris, for uh, calling in. Um, and uh, we will see you next week. We're not sure who we'll have, but it should be fun, I know, unless there's something that comes up or something between me and, you know, what's what's going on, um, you know, personally with me and Megan doing a bunch of different stuff going on. But I'm pretty sure next week we'll be back, so... Thank you, guys, and um, hope everybody has a wonderful 2019. Absolutely. Good night. Yes. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Chris. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.